Can you hear me? <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Nick. Hola, Nick! Just wanted to take a few minutes to let you find folks know how you can contact us. You can find us on Twitter at the It's Too Wordy One and on Instagram. Just look for It's Too Wordy. We also have a Discord set up, The Haunted Log. If you like what you hear, maybe considering throwing us some of your spare change. Maybe some of your hard-earned loot. Maybe some stuff you find in your car cushions. Who knows? Anything will go a long way. And you can do that by visiting our Patreon page at Patreon backslash HouseBTS. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Haunted Log Old Time Radio Midnight Theater Presents. I Love a Mystery. So, I Love a Mystery is an American radio drama from 1939 to 1944, and it's written by Carlton E. Morse. Carlton E. Morse is kind of a big name in, in radio programs. He did a long-time one called One Man's Family, and we're not going to touch that, because that was every day. Just yeah. like this, this was done every day. Yeah, so no, that's why it's like, ten minutes tune long. In, tune in tomorrow you for know? this episode, and I'm like, wow, they pumped these out. Yeah, which is cool, because they did it live. And sometimes you can hear them mess up, and that's kind of the best part. Like, what? Yeah. What? You just messed up there. And um, this revolves around Jack Packard, Doc Long, and Reggie York. And they're three guys who met during the war in China. And they separated and they came back together and they met again in like San Francisco. And they decided that they wanted to create a detective agency. So they created the A1 Detective Agency. And that was pretty much the backdrop for them going out and looking for trouble. Pretty much is what they say. Yeah. So this, you'll notice that they pushed the envelope a lot for a a, uh, a radio program from 1939. There's scantily clad women. There's talking about having sex. Yeah. Well, for back then, that mm-hmm. was taboo. Yeah. I mean, they're pushing a lot yeah. with this with this show. And this might be one of my favorites. I grew up listening to The Shadow and the Green Hornet, where they were serialized, so they're like 25 minutes long. You know, once a week. This was 10 minutes every day. And we're going to do The Thing That Cries in the Night. It's one of only two complete series that they have for this show. Everything else that you can find online, they have the scripts for, and they recreated them. Oh. So they're not quite as good. Like some of the character voices are not as good. They got one of the original guys that played Jack Packard back. He was 80 years old when he was doing them. So he was still he still has a cool voice. But you could tell he, he was, was older. Old. Yeah. Yeah. And Kirk and I are going to listen to it tonight because Ryan is at a concert at Primus Slayer. and Slayer. And he's going to leave for Slayer. I'm like, dude, it's fine. It's cool, but that's the last time they're going to play. Yeah. So we're going to sit back. We're going to listen to the episodes and we'll be right back. Yep. <laughs> Mutual Broadcasting System presents I Love a Mystery, transcribed.
Yes, sir, Jack. A bunch of doggone heroes. Every doggone one oh, of us. Oh, look here, Doc. Yeah, I know how you feel, Reggie. I wouldn't believe it myself. Only here it is, spread over the front pages of every newspaper in the country. <laughs> you believe everything you read? Well, of course I do. A newspaper wouldn't dare print anything that wasn't true. <laughs> Doc, you haven't done a thing but read those papers since they were taken on at San Francisco. Very interesting reading, too. Looky at this picture of me. Doc Long, the modern Tarzan who slew a mountain lion with his bare hands. All right, Tarzan, fold up the newspapers. <laughs> what do you mean, fold up the newspaper? Stop reading that stuff before you begin to believe it. Remember, Reggie and I have got to go on living with you. Well, what's that got to do with it? You can keep patting yourself on the back and you're going to break your arm and we're going to have to feed you again. Hey, you know something that makes me kind of mad? I thought you weren't mad at anybody. Well, looky, we took on a new stewardess at San Francisco... And she ain't even give us a tumble. Why should she? Why, a pretty girl like her, she'd ought to be interested in a bunch of he-fighters like us. Oh, yeah. Now, look, Doc, you bored the other stewardess from Seattle to San Francisco with your story. Will you let this girl alone? Oh, all right. Of course, if she asks me, I'm going to have to tell her. Well, she won't ask you if she knows what's good for her. Doggone, I can't get over The insurance company are giving us 25,000 potatoes. Just for bringing Alexander Archer back alive. 25,000 good round simoleons. It was little enough. If Richard Cooper had killed Archer, the insurance company would have been out a million. Yeah. And now here we are on our way to Hollywood to live like three doggone kings. I still don't know why you wanted to come to Hollywood. Well, Hollywood is good as any place else to spend 25,000 smackers, ain't it? Yes, I suppose so. But, Doc, uh, we really don't have to spend it, do we? Of course we do. What good's 25,000 if we don't spend it? Mm-hmm. You agree with him, Jack? Well, it's certainly true that he won't be good for anything else until the money's gone. Mm, quite. And it is a bother. Oh, it ain't gonna be no bother to me. <laughs> Not for long, it ain't. What's the best hotel in Los Angeles? Oh, no, there's several. Yeah, but the most expensive. I don't know. Well, anyway, that's where we're going. Yeah, but, Doc, we're not dressed for that sort of thing. We then are. we'll get dressed for it. And we'll get the most expensive automobile we can find and eat in the most expensive eating places and go to the most expensive shows. And the 25000 will last us just about one month. Well, that's just about right. I don't think I could stand being so darn expensive much longer than that. <laughs> Do you like it, Reggie? Well, as a matter of fact, I don't. Now, there's gratitude for you. I work out a swell way to spend our 25000 Well, just think, Reggie, folks are waiting on us, breakfast in bed, waiting uh, waiting around in pretty women up to our armpits. I was wondering when that was coming out. <laughs> pretty women? Yes. But, Jack, that's the best part of the whole idea. Why, there ain't nothing I like... We know there isn't anything you like as much as a pretty woman. Well, they ain't. There's one thing, though. I'm just wondering with so much whoopee of... I'm going to be able to get home every morning in time to have breakfast in bed. <laughs> Looky, you fellas, promise me something? Well, let's hear it first. I want you two to promise me, no matter what happens, no matter what, you get me, that we ain't going to take no adventure nor solving a mystery nor nothing like that until until every last penny of the $25,000 is gone. I see. You don't want business to interfere with pleasure. You bet I don't. You promise? Well, now, that's a funny thing to ask, Doc. Adventure just doesn't come up and smack you in the face. You've got to go out looking for it. Yeah, but I know Jack. He smells something, and away we go. But if we do run into something... No, sir. If we run right smack into something, we're going to turn our backs and start walking the other way. Well, what do you say to that, Jack? I say the worst is about to happen. Huh? Well, what you mean? That stewardess has spotted us. She's coming this way with a newspaper in her hand. Hey, that's all right. Well, get ready, Reggie, to hear the story of our great adventure all over again. Mm, quite. Hello, honey. Are you Mr. Long? Oh, that's all right. Just call me Doc. Oh, I see. Then this is your picture in the paper. Yep, that's right. And, uh, these other two men... Yep, Jack Packard and Reggie York. Oh, but it's wonderful. You're the three who were almost murdered and fought those mountain lions. Yeah, would you like to hear about it? Oh, please. 
And that poor girl, Linda Joyce. You were wonderful to save her from the mountain lion the way you did. Oh, shucks, it wasn't nothing. Uh, sit down a minute, and I'll tell you all about it. Oh, will you please do? It's his pleasure. You know what that? I say you don't know what you're letting yourself in for. Hey, Jack, she asked me, not you. That dreadful Richard Cooper and Dr. Thorne. Thank goodness they're safely in jail. Yeah, they're locked up so tight they ain't never going to get out. But there were so many of them. I mean, beside the two leaders. How did you ever get off the island? Well, while me and Linda was out fighting a lion, Jack and Reggie here captured Cooper and Thorne and locked the rest of the gang up in one of the rooms down in the cellar. Oh, you two should be so proud of yourselves. Hey, uh, what about me out there fighting a lion? Yeah, but after all, you did have a knife. It wasn't a very big knife. And anyway, I've heard that mountain lions are cowardly. <laughs> hey, when I got through with that cougar, I was in the hospital for two weeks. You don't look like you'd ever been sick a day in your life. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Well, I swear to Grandma, I ain't never seen a girl like you before. Ain't you impressed at all? Of course I am. The way Mr. York and Mr. Packard locked up 13 men single-handed... I think it's wonderful. Yeah, but maybe you don't understand about mountain lions. Mr. Packard, what happened after you locked those men up? Well, we found Alexander Archer and, and loaded him into the launch with Cooper and Thorne and brought them into court for us and turned them over to the authorities. Oh, but what about all the men that were locked down in that underground room? Oh, the police went out the island and got them. Well, well I suppose you know you're famous. Well, newspapers have to print something, I suppose. But I still don't see why they made so much of Mr. Long and the mountain lion. Hey, look, are you just plain trying to make me mad? Why, no. Of course not. Well, whether you believe it or not, fighting mountain lions ain't no child's play. Oh, Pooh. My folks live on a mountain ranch up in Washington. My mother scares mountain lions out of her chicken yard by shushing her apron at them. Hey, that ain't so. I beg your pardon. Well, hey, I, I didn't mean to say that. I I'm sorry. Don't Only... apologize. I shouldn't have come back here. Yeah. Yeah. But my mother did too scare mountain lions with her chicken apron. So there. <laughs> Well, what are you two are sitting there grinning about? Too bad Cooper didn't argue with a kitchen apron instead of a knife, Doc. All right, all right. So it's funny. Now I come to think of it, Reggie, I wonder if maybe Linda didn't scare that lion to death by shaking her skirts yes, out. Yes, quite. But in that case, how did Doc get those scratches and bruises? He might have fallen down a ravine. Yes, that would account for it, all right. Well, you two guys shut up. Well, naturally, he couldn't say that Linda killed the cougar. Naturally not. Look, you two smart guys. I beg your pardon? Yeah. I'm a passenger on the plane. Well, so what? You look like the fella whose picture I got here in my paper. See? Oh, okay, so I'm the fella. What about it? Is it true you killed the mountain lion with your bare hands? No. You think? But it's right here in the paper. I can't help that. Then that mountain cougar's still alive? No, he ain't. He died of being scared to death. My goodness, you don't tell me. Sure I'm telling you. My mama come along and waved her kitchen apron at him, and he laid right down and kicked the bucket. Young man, you're a liar. Oh, you don't believe me. That's a fine way to talk to a gentleman. Well, if you don't believe me, just go back and ask the stewardess. She knows all the answers. Are you, gentlemen, this feller's companion? <laughs> yes. What's the matter with him? Well, he hasn't been quite right ever since we left the island. Oh, so that's it. Too bad. Too bad. Why, that gum, <laughs> you jack. Find a pair of sippy cats as I ever tied up with. Don't worry, Doc. There'll be a new batch of newspapers with stories in them when we reach Hollywood. Well, don't you say newspapers to me. Oh, look here now, Doc. I'm warning you. The first newsboy that sticks a newspaper under my nose is going to get smacked right back three generations. Oh, I say. Look down. Lights. You must be getting in. Passenger safety bells, please. No smoking while we're landing. Passenger safety bells, please. So your mama shushed a cougar with her apron. Yes, she did. Passenger safety bells, please. 
first thing she knows, she's going to have herself believe in that. Oh, Doc. <laughs> yeah, we're heading into the field. There we are. Back on solid ground again. Well, there she is, folks. Burbank, California. Come on, let's get out of here and start spending some of that money. What do we do? Take a taxi? Please, doggone right. To the most expensive hotel in Los Angeles. Some place that's close to Hollywood, though. Watch your step, please. Watch your step, please. Your mama sure enough scared a cougar with her apron. You're holding up the passengers. Please move along. Oh, so you're backing down there. I am not. Well, Doc, come on. Well, all I got to say is that your mama's one tough hombre. Oh, you're impossible. Take his arm, Reggie. I'm a cunt. Watch your step, please. A cute kid. Just as soon lies. Look at you, though. Quite a crowd outside the gate. Grant's got a little plane ready, getting ready to go out. I beg your pardon. Are you Mr. Jack Packard and party? Yes, that's right. This way, if you please. Yeah, wait a minute. Who are you? I'm the chauffeur. If you'll... Just get in that big black car over there. I'll pick up your baggage. Man, oh, man. Looky at it. A block long. Well, what's it all about? We didn't order anyone to meet us. You must be mistaken. You said your name was Mr. Packard. That's right. Well, then, if you'll please get in the car, I'll I'll be right back with the luggage. Jack, I don't get it. Well, neither do I. Well, what do we care? Looky, it's what's in that a big old automobile. What's that? I ask you, did you ever see a prettier armful of girl than that? No. Let's climb in. What are we waiting for? transcribed adventures of Jack, Doc, and Reggie will come to you tomorrow at this same hour. I Love a Mystery, written and directed by Carlton E. Morse, comes to you Monday through Friday, featuring Russell Thorson as Jack, Jim Bowles as Doc Long, and Tony Randall as Reggie York. Frank McCarthy speaking. Broadcasting System presents I Love a Mystery, transcribed. Don't we get ourselves in the most expensive places? Looky, Jack. Looky, Reggie. Silk sheets, even. All right, silk sheets. So what? So I'm going to sleep between silk sheets for the first time in my life. Honest to my grandma, fellas, if my cousin Winnie May could see me now. What makes you think we're going to be here long enough to sleep between any kind of sheets? What you mean? We've been brought here, ain't we? I still think there's been some mistake. I say, Jack, what's that? Huh? 
Oh, where have you been? Oh, prowling a bit. Did you two know there's a suite of three bedrooms with separate baths? Well, didn't I tell you this was expensive stuff? We got ourselves in a bedroom for each of us. Sure, so what do you mean, Jack, by saying it's a mistake? Well, there's no sense to anything that's happened so far. We get on a plane to come to Hollywood for the express purpose of spending $25,000. Well, we can spend it from here just as good as any place else. Well, that's not the point. Ain't, huh? No, it isn't. The point is, when we get off the plane, we're met by a liveried chauffeur in a fancy car, just as though we were expected and being met by appointment. No explanation, nothing. We're just invited to get in the car. That's right, and so we get in the car. And why? Well, because there's a good-looking girl waiting inside for us. Well, that's as good a reason as any for getting into a strange auto. Are you sorry you did it? Well, look what it's got us in so far. That isn't the idea, Doc. We've been driven out to this beautiful old Hollywood mansion, and we don't know why. All we know is that this is the home of Randolph Martin. Yeah, whoever he is. And that these are to be our quarters, and the dinner will be served at seven. Hey, well, we know the name of the little old honeypot who met us at the airport. Faye Martin. Does that mean anything to you? No, of course not. <laughs> Except I like knowing it. Why? Because I think I'm going to like Faye when we get to know each other better. You're out of your class, Doc. What you mean, out of my class? If this house is any indication, the Martins are not only wallowing in money, but they're overflowing with the refinements and niceties of an old family. Aristocrats? If you look about, you see signs of the family tree almost everywhere. You mean we're going to be high-hatted? What happened in the car on the way out here? Huh? Well, what you mean, what happened? Why, the minute we began asking Miss Faye Martin questions, she froze solid. Yeah, only I just thought she was kind of nervous on account of us being strangers. Besides, you don't think I ain't man enough to unfreeze her? <laughs> you still don't get it, Doc. She was the uh, little princess keeping the village yokels in their place. Well, then what'd we come for? Oh, oh see here now. No, Doc. sir. I'll be doggone if I'll stay around folks who don't think I'm as good as they are. All right, Doc. Relax, will you? The whole point is that we allowed that girl to bring us from the airport to this house without getting one bit of information out of her. We allowed ourselves to be turned over to the butler in the downstairs hall and conducted to these rooms, still not knowing what it's all about. And now we've been here for an hour, and what do we know? Well, I'll tell you what we know. What? We know that we're being neglected. That's what we know. Yes, and that's about all. Well, why don't we do something about it? We don't have to stand around with our teeth in our mouth. We ain't locked in. Let's bust out and find this here Randolph Martin. No, that's not the answer. Well, why the heck ain't it? Well, don't you agree with me, Reggie? Get aggressive and show them that we ain't folks to be pushed around. No, no, I, I don't think so. Hey, what's the matter with you two anyway? Oh, look here, Doc. Gentlefolk might not understand our strong arm methods. Gentlefolk? People of breeding. Refinement. Hey, look, you think I'm purdy enough to sit down at the table with these folks tonight? <laughs> oh, look here. After all, we didn't come here of our own accord. They brung us. Now, just the same, Doc. I think we can wait until dinner. Oh, sure. We can wait until next week. But that ain't spending none of that $25,000 reward money we've come to Hollywood to spend. But we're bound to meet the whole family at dinner, and then the reason for our being here, if there is a reason, will come out. I say, who is this uh, Randolph Martin, anyway? I never heard of him. You, Jack? No. No, he can't be anyone. Oh, someone showing some signs of interest. Well, how doggone gracious of him not to forget us completely. I get it. Hello. Oh, good evening. I'm Jack Packard. Look. Somebody slashed me. Slashed you? Yes. Here, on my arm. Here, let me see that. Well, maybe you better come in here. Yes, I guess maybe I'd better. You're bleeding all over the carpet. Come into the bathroom and hold your arm over the basin. All right. Reggie, close the door. Quiet. I say, Doc, did you see that? Yeah, what's going on here? What's she mean, somebody slashed her? Well, she was belly well bleeding. Well, who the heck suppose she is? Oh, Doc. Yeah? Bring me some iodine and cotton and some adhesive tape out of my bag. Okay, uh, coming right up. It isn't really very much of a cut. About an inch long, not too deep. Now, how'd it happen? They did it. They? Yes. I was walking down the hall. I felt a kind of sharp sting on my arm. 
I looked at it quick, and it was all bloody. This happened just now, out in the hall? Yes. Who was out there with you? I turned around real quick, but there wasn't anybody. Here's the stuff you wanted. No, no, thanks. Hmm. It don't amount to much with blood washed off. But how did it happen? They did it. Well, you keep saying they. Who are they? I don't know. They just won't let me alone, is all I know. Yeah? Well, what did bothering you for? I don't know. I think they're trying to kill me. Kill you? Hey, wait a minute. What did anybody want to kill a nice girl like you for? I don't know. Now then, this might sting a little. I'm pouring iodine in the cut. I don't mind pain. Good girl. There it is. Now, a little cotton and some adhesive tape, and you're all well again. Now, look here, Jack. Didn't you hear her say someone's trying to kill her? Yes, I heard her. Do you mind telling us your name? I'm Cherry Martin. Cherry, huh? It's really Charity. Nobody calls me that. Then you must be the sister of Faye Martin who met us at the airport. Yes. She likes Faye best, but her name's really Faith. There you are. Now come out in the other room. You're still pretty much upset. No. I'm not upset. Well, then why that fearful whisper? I'm afraid they'll hear me. Please sit down. No. No, I mustn't. I must go now. But see here, I think you should sit down and tell us about this if you're in danger. That must be the reason why we're here. Yes, that's part of the reason. But I must go now. But ain't you scared to go out in that hall? If somebody got to just slashing your arm, ain't he liable to do it again? Yes. Then why not stay here where we can look out for no, you? No, I mustn't stay. Well, why? I just mustn't. That's all. Would you like someone to walk to your room with you? No. I'm all right. Oh, yes, I almost forgot. Hope is my other sister. I see. Faith, hope, and charity. Yes. She's the one who's in the worst danger. Hope and my brother Job. Your sister Hope and your brother Job are in the worst danger? Yes. From what? From whom? I don't know. But they do. I'll see you at dinner. Well, smack me for a baby. What goes on? Well, now things are beginning to make sense. The reason for our being here begins to emerge. Danger, murder, fear. In this house? There's your blue-blooded aristocracy you fellas was holding your breath over. Oh, it's more apparent than ever, don't you think, Jack? I mean, to say the exquisite refinement of that girl's face. The roots of an old family tree are firmly entrenched in this house. Yes, Reggie, but it's also apparent that the family tree is beginning to show signs of decay. Signs of decay? Looks to me like it was rotten clean down to the roots. Mm, something's belly wrong, all right. Screw a family in the beginning. Who ever heard of naming girls Faith, Hope, and Charity? Sounds like a Texas camp meeting. Well, at least we know this much now. There are three sisters who go under the names of Faye, Hope, and Cherry. And there's a brother, Job. Yeah, there's another name out of this world. And it appears, according to Cherry's story, that someone is molesting her with the intent eventually to kill her. Yeah, and right in this house, too. Funny kind of a cut she had on her arm. What kind of a knife would make a thin, long cut like that? Well, Dr. Scalpel, safety razor blade. I say, that's exactly what it looked like, a safety razor blade cut. Yeah, but who's going around murdering folks with an old safety razor blade? What do you do with your old safety razor blades? <laughs> but this must be pretty doggone serious, Jack. Cherry thinks they're out to kill her, yet she says her sister Hope and her brother are even, in even worse danger. I, I'd like to get hold of that Randolph Martin and give him peace of my mind. His children are in danger, and he keeps us up here waiting. He doesn't tell us what it's all about, and he, why doesn't he let us get on to it? Did you ever stop to think... Listen. You say, a blooming infant in the house. Yeah, then one of the girls must be married. Open the door, Doc. Well, what for? Ain't you never heard a baby holler before? Never mind, open the door. Okay. All I hope is he don't yell at night. He has a fine pair of lungs. 
stuffed a nipple in its mouth or something. Jack, I say, come on, what are we waiting for? Here, here's the stairs. And there she is lying down at the foot. Come on. Oh, doggone. Here, wait a minute. Straighten her out. Uh, oh, hey, it's Jerry. Is she dead? No. No, she's not dead. No, I'm not dead. Oh, hey, she, she's conscious. And after it tumbled down all them stairs. All right, what is it this time? Oh, hey. Well, why are you all standing there gaping? What is it? Your daughter just fell downstairs. My granddaughter, you mean. Is she hurt? No. No, I'm not hurt. Oh, falling downstairs. I didn't fall. Somebody pushed me. Hey, they, they did? What's that bandage on your arm? Somebody slashed me. Hmm. Can you stand? Yes. I think so. And get to your feet. Here, uh, l- let me help you. Uh, there you are. Thank you. Perhaps I should explain how we happen to be here. I know more about that than you do, young man. You do? I should. I brought you. Then you're... Randolph Martin. And I need help. I'm having granddaughter trouble. transcribed adventures of Jack, Doc, and Reggie will come to you tomorrow at this same hour. I Love a Mystery, written and directed by Carlton E. Morse, comes to you Monday through Friday, featuring Russell Thorson as Jack, Jim Bowles as Doc Long, and Tony Randall as Reggie York. Frank McCarthy speaking. Broadcasting System presents I Love a Mystery, transcribed. We'll go into the library. Mrs. Martin, will you tell me why you sent Doc and Reggie back up to our quarters? I'm taking you into the library to meet my granddaughters. What's that got to do with Doc and Reggie? My dear man, you don't know my granddaughters. What's that? No. When there are too many eligible men about, it's difficult to get them to concentrate on anything else. Man crazy, huh? Keep a civil tongue in your head. You suggested it. I can say what I please about my granddaughters. You can't. I see. Be sure you do. The Martin girls can do no wrong. But you were telling me a few moments ago you were having granddaughter trouble. I am. Well, isn't it going to be a little difficult for us to discuss the trouble if I've got to assume the attitude they're above reproach? I'll do the criticizing. 
Your job is to correct the trouble in this house without comment. Aren't you being a little high-handed, Mrs. Martin? You're questioning me. I certainly am. First, you practically kidnapped me and my two partners. You didn't have to come if you didn't choose. How did you know we were arriving by plane at Burbank this evening? Read it in the paper. But did you stop to consider that we might have had plans of our own? They weren't important. You mean they weren't important to you? I'm afraid you're a woman who's used to having her own way. I'm afraid I am. Well, you go right ahead and have it. Well, I think Doc and Reggie and I will be on our way. Fiddlesticks. What's that? You're staying right here. Against our will? Nonsense. You're staying here because you're needed. You're asking us to stay? I'm ordering you to stay. Now then, I'll say goodbye. Don't be a fool, Jack Packard. We don't take orders. You walk out of the house because I order you to stay instead of ask you to stay. That's right. You'll be well paid for obeying my orders. Keep your money. As a matter of fact, our one purpose in coming to Hollywood was to spend our reward money from the last job. It would melt faster down here than any place we could think of. You don't recognize authority, and you have no use for money. That's right. You're difficult young men to handle. Not at all. We enjoy doing favors. The House of Martin does not accept favors. Well, that's up to you. For generations, we've been able to pay for anything we want. In my opinion, then, the Martins have wanted few of the good things in this world. Bah! Well, there we are. We can't agree, so we'll go. No. Yes. No, wait a minute. Well? I don't like it. I'm not used to asking people to do things. But I will. I'm asking you to stay and help me, Mr. Packett. Please? What's that? You didn't say please. How dare you? Don't if you don't want to. Young whippersnapper. <laughs> Mr. Packard, will you please stay and help me? Gladly. In fact, we'd already made up our minds to stay. I think you've got an interesting problem here. <laughs> what do you know about the problem here? Nothing. But it's apparent there's something. It's in the atmosphere. Something, might I say, something creeping through this house. Creeping? Creeping? A creeping, unhealthy menace. What are you talking about? I don't know. You don't suppose it would be the stench of a decaying family tree that's permeating the environment, do you? Oh, such utter nonsense. We spent enough time. Come along in the library and meet my granddaughters. Very well. <laughs> decayed family tree, indeed. Only a suggestion. Uncalled for. Come on in. Yes. Now then, Faye... Where is Hope? Oh, Grandmother, whoever keeps track of our beautiful Hope. Hmm. Well, someone should. I'd hate to be the one assigned to the job. I told her to be in the library at eight. Grandma, I know where she is. Cherry, shut up. Faye, please, you're a Martin, and that Martin women are always ladies. Oh, horse feathers. The Martin women are always ladies. Now then, Cherry, where is Hope? She sneaked out with the chauffeur again. You little rat. Faye. Well, she is. I am not. Hope should leave the chauffeur alone, and you know it. Well, that man will get his walking papers tonight. <laughs> Let's see. That'll make the fourth chauffeur to get his bounce in three months. We'll not discuss the subject any further. Mr. Packard. Yes? This is my oldest granddaughter, Faith Martin. Sure. We met before. Yes, I think I've had the pleasure. What's that? Miss Martin was in the car that met us at the airport tonight. You were? Why? I just wanted to get first look at your private detectives. I don't particularly like that term, private detectives. Well, isn't that what you are? Three flatties in plain clothes to keep an eye on the Martin girls. That will be enough of that, Faith Martin. And, uh, look, Packard. Grandma's the only one who can get away with Faith. Make it Faye or don't talk to me. I remember. All right, you've had the center of the floor long enough. You know Charity Martin already. Not Charity, Grandma, please. Cherry. Miss Cherry Martin. 
Any bad results from your fall downstairs? <laughs> Don't tell me Cherry fell downstairs again. I didn't fall, I didn't. <laughs> I was pushed from behind. And when you looked around, there wasn't anyone there. How can you look around when you're falling? Hey, let your sister alone. If she keeps falling down the stairs much more, we can make a tumbler out of her and put her in the circus. Faye. <laughs> okay, why not? Miss Martin. You'd better call me Faye. There are too many Miss Martins around this joint. Very well, Faye, then. You don't seem to take your sister's convictions that someone is trying to kill her very seriously. Oh, Cherry's just got a persecution complex. I have not. Sure you have. You're always talking about them being after you. They want to kill you. They. What's that but a persecution set up? Perhaps. But how do you account for the marks of physical violence? That's not in the mind. You've got me, pal. But if there's anybody in this house chasing Cherry with malice aforethought, then... I'm a flagpole sitter. Faye, I find the vulgarity of your language exceedingly distasteful. <laughs> Poor Grandma. She's tried so hard to make ladies of us all. And what did she get? <laughs> well, what did she get? You really like to know? Faye, watch your tongue. I assure you I would. I'd like to know very much. Well, I'll start with me. I'm the oldest. Yeah? I'm the vulgarian of the family. Faith Martin, you mind what you say? Oh, go lay down, Grandma. You begin to understand, Mr. Packard. You see why I need help so badly? Go on, Faye. You're the Bulgarian. Correct. Hope is the family wench. Witness her evening escapade with the chauffeur. Faye, the family name. What family name? And Cherry, the little whispering mouse here. Uh, she's just a plain dope, afraid of her own shadow. I see. That's the way you analyze the situation. That's us. Here we are. Look us over. What about Brother Job? We'll not discuss Job. He's a fine young man. The only one in the family who appreciates the name of Martin. Um, that's Grandma's version. Want to hear mine? Please. Brother Job is a good-natured drunk. Hey. Who's been taken by every gyp game Hollywood can think of and is slowly breaking his grandmother's heart. If I may offer an opinion, I don't think you girls are doing your grandmother's heart any good either. Oh, well, she doesn't love us. As long as we don't get the name of Martin in the headlines, she doesn't mind us, but... She loves Job something awful. We all do. We all love Job. And he's in such danger. He and Hope are in terrible danger. Yes, you said that before tonight when I was bandaging up your arm. Bandaging her arm? Hello. You have got a bandage on, haven't you? What happened? Somebody slashed me as I was walking down the hall. What? It's true, it's true. You you mean somebody slashed you with a knife right here in this house? Honest, Faye. Honest, they did. And, Mr. Packard, do you suppose there really is somebody after her? There's evidence to indicate it. Look, Mouse, maybe I've been doing you an injustice. It's true enough. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's take that up later. We've got away from our subject. Oh, yes, which was Job, the family drunk. You say he's in danger, Cherry. What sort of danger? I don't believe there's any truth in it. Who'd want to harm Job? Besides, the child's been forewarning doom for members of the family for years. But he is in danger. He and Hope. What sort of danger? danger out there, outside the house. But it's getting closer. It's getting closer all the time. It's creeping. It's creeping. Cherry, stop saying that. I think that's the expression I used before we came in here, wasn't it, Mrs. Martin? Yes, and I forbid its use again. Well, at least Cherry and I seem to have the same intuitive sense of impending danger. How nice for Cherry. Well, what do you mean? But you and she have something in common. I wonder if you couldn't find something in common with me, too. Such as? Well, I like my initials embroidered on my pajamas. I don't wear pajamas. Oh, how exciting. 
<laughs> and you'd have to have your initials tattooed on your chest, wouldn't you? Mr. Packard. Yes? I forbid you to indulge in conversation of this nature with my granddaughters. It seems to be the only language Faye understands. I forbid it. You know, Mrs. Martin, you seem to dominate everyone and everything except your grandchildren. Why is that? I can tell you why. She did dominate us when we were little and couldn't help ourselves. She made such hateful little prigs out of us, it was shameful. You were nice children. You bet. Nasty nice. And then one day, Job found out about fire water, and now he's devoting his life to it. And one day, I found out that there are some wonderfully disgusting words in the English language for self-expression. I'm devoting my life to them. And Hope discovered chauffeurs, and she's devoting her life in that direction. And what about Cherry here? Oh, poor little mouse. She hasn't discovered much of anything yet, so she's devoting her life to being afraid. I am not. I'm not afraid. If they weren't always after me, I wouldn't ever be afraid. They have been after her for a long time. But uh, now if they've come to life and are starting to cut her up, it may be getting serious. Yes, I'm beginning to wonder. By the way, are any of you girls married? Married? I should say not. Is Job? Certainly, Job's not married. Then who's the parents of the baby we heard crying earlier? Baby crying? He... You heard a baby crying? Certainly. Just before Cherry here fell downstairs. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? It's impossible. What are you talking about? There's not a baby in the house. There hasn't been for years. But I've heard it. I've heard it. So she says. Yes. And every time it cries, something horrible happens. <laughs> transcribed adventures of Jack, Doc, and Reggie will come to you tomorrow at this same hour. I Love a Mystery, written and directed by Carlton E. Morse, comes to you Monday through Friday, featuring Russell Thorson as Jack, Jim Bowles as Doc Long, and Tony Randall as Reggie York. Frank McCarthy speaking. All right, so, Kirk, what do you think about this? You've never heard this before, and... I've listened to it at least five times, so I completely enjoyed it. Yeah? It was fun. I'm glad. The quality, I know I shouldn't compare it to Fantastic Four or Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger was like 14 years after this. Yeah, and I enjoyed these. I like this more than Cloak and Dagger. Yeah? Because I'm a, I love mysteries. I love mystery books. I love when we do the, on the comic show, we do mystery comics. Mm-hmm. Um, anything with detectives, I like that. I just have a question. Mm-hmm. So, I love a mystery. Is it the same three characters in all? Yes. So, it's the... the... Well, no. Um, Later on, the guy who plays Reggie, mm-hmm. not Tony Randall, he committed suicide. Oh. And he was a good friend of Carlton Morse. And he couldn't write that character anymore. So, he got... He so, he, re- it. he replaced him with their secretary. Okay. So she went along on the adventures. 
Okay. I was just curious because it. I yeah, was it's, like, it's all three guys for most of it. Because it said we're going to spend the loot from the last yep. uh, job. And I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. So it's a running. The Isle of a Mystery is the three. Ba- until the, the later ones, it's mm-hmm. based on these three guys. Right. And it's just them trying to solve whatever mystery. Just running into trouble everywhere they go. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. I didn't realize that. And that's going to make it even better when I go back and. Yep. But this is the only one that has that they could find with the original. All of it. Radio, all of it together. All of it together. It was one of the most popular radio programs at the time, and nobody thought to record it. Everybody, everybody recorded everything else, but they must have just totally forgot to record I Love a Mystery. Because I only listened to the first three, but I was hooked after the first one. Because I want to know what's attacking, uh, what's her name? Uh, Charity. Mm-hmm. Cherry. I want to know Cherry? what's attacking Cherry. Yeah. And I like how they're all named Faith, Hope, and Charity after there's some religious organization that that's their, I think that's their credo. Mm-hmm. Faith, Hope, and Charity. Yep. And their brother Job. And their brother Job. And yep. I was like, I want to kill the grandma. Yeah. You snobby, aristocratic bitch. But I think Jack did a really good job of putting her in her place. Yeah, he did. It was just like, yeah. no, okay, we're we're leaving. What? <laughs> you yep. can't talk to me like can't that. Talk to yeah, me like I that. can. I'm, I'm out of here. See ya. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can. I can talk to you like that. Yeah. Um. Um. But I liked how one it was vulgarity was her. Yep. I was like, that's awesome. Yep. Just to get her to grandma. Mm-hmm. And the middle one likes chauffeurs. Yep. Yelling the chauffeurs. So which one is Tony Randall? Tony Randall is the Englishman. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. You, when you when you start like listening to it, you'll you'll I'll pick Tony and Randall out. Okay. What what's good about um, Carlton Morris's writing is you don't need to know their backstory, because in the first three seconds of it, you know who these characters are. Like they do, hey Jack Packard, and they'll be like, oh yeah, Doc Long, and they'll they'll introduce you to their personalities and what they did last episode, like seamlessly. That's awesome. In it, like every episode, they'll they kind do of a recap. recap. Awesome. But the recap will be in something else. Like, they'll be talking to another character, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, we found this down in the and blah, blah, blah. they'll reference it. Yeah. In, the, in, their, mm-hmm. in that particular day's yep. script. Yep. Okay. And just the way that he wrote it, and they they acted it. Uh, the girl who plays Charity, Mercedes McCambridge, mm-hmm. she's a huge radio personality, too. And she's all over this series. Like, you probably heard her in the first episode where she was the flight attendant. Yes. And then she was Charity. Yep. And then later on, she's somebody else. She doesn't play Faye, does she? That's no. a different character. It's a different That's character. A different uh, actress. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I... I, I enjoy Charity it. might be my favorite character from yeah. this. They slashed me. Yeah, I like her little like, mousy voice. She huh. they slashed me. Who used the word slashed? Like, I know it. it's 1939 Look or 1940. It. Look at it. Yep. You know, it's like... Oh, that's perfect. And then the baby. The baby crying. And he's like, did you hear the baby crying? And they're like, what baby cry? I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. All right. And then she falls down the stairs. Yep. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. So you'll kind of, the, the the best, that's the one of the great parts about the, se- the season is um, waiting for that thing to happen. Waiting for that baby to cry. Waiting for that shoe to drop. And then. So the baby crying is a signal for stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. So every time you hear that, because they're like, there's no baby here. Right? Did you get to that part? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's there's no baby in the house, so. Yeah. So something okay. something's making the is, baby cry. Mm-hmm. Wow. And All right. 
So first three episodes, we're going to do three episodes next week. And I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. It was really fun. And if you like these, we'll probably see if we can continue more. Um, we'll we'll throw in the reenactments too. If you guys want to listen to more, yep, just let me know. And if there's any old time radio fans out there, just reach out to us on Twitter or at one of them, the Haunted Log Podcasts, or even you can do it's too wordy. Yep, and uh, tell us what you would like to hear, and maybe we'll do that. Because I know I know Ryan is really he was really excited to be here tonight. Yeah, he was like. That's that's the only reason I wanted to be there. He didn't really care about doing Far Sector or the comic book the one. The comic book. He wanted to be here for the old time radio. He just wanted to do the radio one. Yeah. And he listened to it already, the whole thing. He listened to it in one day, and then he's probably listened to it again. So he's really excited for it. So that's good. I'm glad mm-hmm. you guys are enjoying this one. I'm going to try to do it as a slow burn where I don't it's go, hard ahead not to. go ahead and find out. Because they're, they're, the next one, it's okay. I mean, it's not that great, but it is pretty much complete. I mean, I can find 12 of the 15 episodes, so it doesn't really make that much difference if we can't find all of them. Yeah. And then I think there's Temple of the Vampire after that, and then, uh, no, it's a Million Dollar Mystery and then Temple of the Vampire. And we can listen to all four of these if you guys want to. Yeah. I mean, it's not a big deal. I mean, I love them. I'm not going to be like, no, this is is horrible. This is Fantastic Four all over again. This is a thousand times better than... I, I. yeah, it's a it's a thousand it's times so better much than better. Fantastic Four. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk together and see if you guys want to keep continuing with sure. this. I mean, it's not really gonna take us that long. No. So what was there? There was like fifteen episodes. For fifteen this episodes season. per storyline. So, yeah, it won't take long to listen to them if they're all ten minutes. Yeah. So. So yeah, I mean, yeah. hope you guys enjoy this because it's one of my favorites. Let us know. Yeah. Yeah, reach out. Give us an, give us an email. Yep. Something like that. Something like that. Or uh, if you like it, give a review. You know, more reviews you guys put out there, more stars on iTunes or whatever. I don't know what iTunes is anymore. Cause we, we don't know because they changed their... Yeah, Apple Music. Apple Music now. I guess it's Apple Music. So go on there, give us a review, and get us out there. Yep. You know, we're not drowning. <laughs> we're doing all right with listens. But it's always good to have more. We want more. Yeah. We want we want our... I want to hit 10,000 before... Before the end of the year? The end of the year. This year? No. Before we end, we go into our second anniversary. I think That's we can. That's in June. That's in June, so I think we yeah. can. We can do that, but it'd be nice if we could do it by the end of the year. By the end of the year would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, tell your friends. Sounds like... 10,000. 10,000. 10, 10, That's 3,000 more views. Yeah. About 3,000 more 3,000 more. 3,000 more reviews by the end of the year. I think we can do it, guys. All right, guys. It's been Nick. Kurt. See you guys next week. Bye, Bye, guys.